At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America with Mike Richard and Josh Applebaum on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the Beeson Studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi and Bebefe rolling alongside Scott Seidenberg here as we hang out with you guys for the next three hours to talk all things college basketball, NFL, NHL, MLB. It's a fun <laughs> time on the sports calendar as we are now have gone from three weeks ago started with a field of 68 and we are down to two in tomorrow night's national championship between North Carolina and Kansas. Make sure to tweet at the show over these next three hours at VEASAN live on Twitter at Scott's on air at Femi Abebefe coming up a couple of great guests joining the program. Wes Reynolds VEASAN host and host of the Long Shots podcast joins us in 45 minutes. We'll talk a little college hoops but mainly the Masters which is just four days away and then Evan Klosky sports director at WTSP in Tampa Florida checks in at 1015 it's been a busy week for the Buccaneers. We'll break it down with Evan in the second hour. But how about that final four thriller in NOLA last night? We'll recap it. UNC ending Coach K's career. Kansas moving past Nova to get to the title game. We'll turn our attention to tomorrow night's national championship between those two teams. Our road to the NFL draft takes us to the ATL, where we put the Falcons under the microscope at the top of the second hour. Then opening day of the Major League Baseball season gets underway Thursday. We look at the division odds in the third hour as well some plays from scott here he's got some opening day love to break down here but first scott how we doing man 
You know, I'm doing better than Coach K today. Doing better than <laughs> I was you haven't retired, you haven't retired and, and the rest of the Duke Blue Devils. I think what shocked me the most about Saturday's games, and we'll get into the outliers in that Villanova-Kansas mm-hmm. game, but as far as the rivalry, which is one of the three greatest rivalries in all of sports, we all know. It's Duke, North Carolina. It's Michigan, Ohio State. It's Yankees, Red Sox. For the Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor, they mm-hmm. get embarrassed in the second half, losing to North Carolina by double digits. To the point where Coach K has to preempt his post-game ceremony, grab the microphone, and apologize <laughs> to the fans and say how unacceptable that loss was. But to add that the season was not over and that there was bigger goals in play. Mm-hmm. They get to the Final Four, which is incredible in its own right, the way that that bracket just played out for them. Which a lot of people had them going out first weekend. Absolutely. (laughs) And you could make the argument that this was one of the best coaching jobs by Coach K throughout this bracket, whether it was his substitutions, changing up to a zone at some points, even utilizing timeouts earlier than normal. I thought Mm -hmm. he did a masterful job. And in this game, an opportunity for these players to correct what happened in a, few, a few weeks ago at the beginning of March in Cameron Indoor. It was shocking that they let this thing slip away. It lived up to the hype, though, Femi. It was the best game of the NCAA tournament, arguably, yep. for a tournament that, frankly, hasn't been that great. We've seen blowouts galore. But for this one to come down to the wire the way it did, it lived up to all the hype. The over came through, which I was very happy about. <laughs> but I did not want to step in front of this Duke train, so I did have the Blue Devils. And a couple of plays here or there down the stretch, things end up quite differently. Uh, maybe it was that continuation not allowed on the mm-hmm. end one, the foul there at the end, uh, the soft foul that, you know, maybe Mark Williams missing those two free throws. There was a lot of things that – a lot of shoulda, woulda, couldas and what ifs with this game. The bottom line, North Carolina, arguably, since the calendar flipped to 2022 and more probably since the end of January, beginning of February, has been the best team in college basketball. Yeah. They were completely under as an eighth seed and – they continue this hot run. I'm excited for the championship game now. Yeah, UNC, they end up winning as four, four-and-a-half-point underdog. Game flies over the total for Scott there. Uh, I was in lockstep with you with the Duke Blue Devils. I laid the four there just because I thought that this was just going to be the spot to fade North Carolina because mm. of how big and how unprecedented, not unprecedented, but just how crazy this turnaround has been from where we saw them losing the pit at home to now <laughs> in the final four. And here they are just one game away from winning a national championship, which if you said that on Valentine's day, you would have been laughed out of any single room that you would have been in. But to me, I think the turning point in this game, I'll go back even further than you from the uh, late sequence there. I think it was when Duke was up by seven in the second half and North Carolina missed a shot. They get the offensive rebound, and I believe it was either Caleb Love or R.J. Davis knocks down to three to cut it to four. That right there kind of changed the tenor of that game because it felt like Duke had the ball. Okay, up seven, Mm. we get this rebound, we can go up nine, maybe ten, and then maybe start to have a little bit of distance between them and the Tar Heels. But when it cut back to four, it almost like the whole thing switched there. North Carolina ends up going on that run, so they go from being down seven to up six, and at that point, you knew that this was going to go down to the wire. And and another reason why I really was going against North Carolina here is because they were so reliant on the three mm-hmm. throughout this tournament. Guys like Brady Manick and, and, and Caleb Love were just draining threes. Now, 
full disclosure, I did have over two and a half threes for Manic, which there you go. it took until the final minute for him <laughs> to finally make his third one. He had opportunities, but he did not shoot well. Caleb Love actually didn't shoot that well from three, despite yeah. having 28 points. Three of 10 was, from beyond the arc. He arm. was the assassin, though. And that three in the final sequence of the game, the final minute, that three-pointer, mm-hmm. which clinched the win for North Carolina, reminiscent of the three that he hit against UCLA, another game in which I bet against North Carolina, but the clutch moments for Caleb Love has been the difference in this tournament, which is why going into this Final Four, you could have had him at 20 to 1 to win Tournament Most Outstanding mm-hmm. Player. You're not finding that 20 to 1 anymore, Femi. Yeah, we <laughs> talked about that on the show yesterday with Wes Reynolds. It was 22 to 1 over at BetMGM. I'm like, if you like Carolina to be frisky and possibly win that game, but that's something that you probably have to bet because of he's got the production, he's got the narrative around him. This award has been very guard oriented over the last six, seven years. That Caleb Love, if they pull off another Another upset against Kansas, and we'll get to that game in about 30 minutes. He's going to be your most outstanding player just based on how this team has played. Armando Baycott for the Tar Heels also had a terrific game, not really from a point standpoint, only 11 points there for Baycott, one of the best players out of the ACC, but the rebounding. Absolutely. 21 rebounds by Armando Baycott. Think about how many possessions he earned for the Tar Heels. Now, he turned his ankle, and that's going to mm-hmm. be kind of the big discussion leading into tomorrow night's game against the Jayhawks, but 21 boards. I mean, you can make an argument that outside of love, Baycott was probably the most important player on the court. It's back-to-back games now with over 20 rebounds. He had it against St. Peter's and now here against Duke. And, and, and yes, his health is going to be important, especially when you look at the bigs that Kansas has inside. They're going to need him. What they're also going to need him to do is to not fall into foul trouble like he did early in this game mm-hmm. as well. So that's going to be an important factor for for him in, in the championship game. More so his health, though. If he is fine and he doesn't have that much time, Femi, to, to rest that ankle. It didn't look good at the end of the game. I thought it might have been a little more of uh, just getting a free time out there as opposed <laughs> to you know him actually being hurt because he did come back in. Mm-hmm. But uh, his health is going to be of the utmost importance for North Carolina to compete inside against Kansas. This Duke team now, they fall short of having the Coach K coronation mm. in New Orleans there as Coach K bows out, ending his career five national championships. And to me – I, I see this run for them as a success just based on how people talked about this team heading into the tournament. Now, everyone's going to get their jokes off because Duke has been one of the more unlikable programs <laughs> over a solid three decades now and all that. But when you actually sit back and reflect, it's like this Duke team probably outperformed many people's expectations, like you said. Like, based on the bracket, I mean, people were saying that Davidson was going to take them out. They end up facing mm-hmm. Michigan State. They get to the Sweet 16. I mean, how many people were on Texas Tech to beat Duke there because of the match? Up. The Red Raiders were favored in that game. And the fact that Duke reached the Final Four, I think, was a success nonetheless for Coach K in his final run. Yeah, and I think the Arkansas game was the most impressive game for them. Uh, mm-hmm. And every other game was kind of close. They, even, they didn't even cover against Fullerton. Well, there was the layup at the end. Yeah. They got the cover for Fullerton. But... <laughs> they, they ran that cover play there. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but I think that this was a satisfying ending for Coach K. Uh, the fact that it was North Carolina might seem 
like it's a bitter ending, yeah. but I actually think it kind of bookends his career nicely. They talked about it last night on the broadcast that his first ever loss at Duke was to North Carolina, mm-hmm. and now his final loss is to North Carolina. In the history of his tenure at Duke, they're now 50-50 and 50 against North Carolina. Yep. I know his record's going to be 50-48, and 48, but there were two games that he missed with a back injury that he didn't technically coach on the sidelines, but still those games are during his tenure at Duke. Yeah. So it's just fitting that, you know, 100 games in his career at Duke against North Carolina, and they end at 50-50. But I, I said it earlier for me, I think that this was – his best coaching job of the season going throughout this tournament. We saw some adjustments that he made earlier, whether it was against Michigan State or against Texas Tech, Mm -hmm. at times switching to his own defense, which is something that they don't do that often. Uh, A couple of early timeouts that were very... He took early... He wasted his last timeout earlier in this game, and he took an early timeout that I think actually helped them. Uh, There was a... You know, remember North Carolina won that 13-0 run, and, and things could have gotten away. I think Coach K did a wonderful job this season. He has also adjusted. Let's acknowledge this because college basketball has adjusted, right? Mm -hmm. Now kids are one and done. He's got five players that are going to be first-round picks right here. Uh, He adjusted with the times, recruiting players that were going to be one-and-done players as opposed to building players through a four-year program. And I think that just goes to just show the type of success, the type of coach that he has been, is that he could have success in the early days with one style, and he can have success now with the current style. Yeah, one of those guys, Paulo Bancaro, 20 points, 10 rebounds for the Duke Blue Devils last night and what's probably going to be his I'd last game one. in a Duke uniform. You think you'd take him number one? Over there? I, I saw some three-to-ones hanging out there for Paulo being Absolutely. the first overall pick in the Springs NFL and the NBA draft, the summer's NBA draft, I should say. Paulo, Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith. I mean, it's going to be a fascinating debate to see who goes top pick in the NBA. Also, how about the Carolina fans? The ultimate checkmate victory in this rivalry over the Duke Blue Devils. On the other side, we'll break down Nova, Kansas, Rock Chalk Jayhawk into Monday night. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. 
Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup like the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, and hot or cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and the Simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abedfei alongside Scott Steidenberg here. We're hanging out at the VEASAN Studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And North Carolina into the national title game. That was the nightcap. North Carolina Duke, a terrific basketball game. Lived up to the billing and then some. <laughs> then we, before that game, though, we saw Kansas take down Villanova. The Jayhawks beat the Wildcats 81-65. to They cover as four, four-and-a-half-point favorites. The game flies over the total of 133 to the chagrin of many um but this game this game here kansas what can you say more about their shooting they just could not miss from the outside this is an ultimate outlier game uh nova played their game they did and we knew villanova was only going to score around 65 68 that was the ceiling that's what they are Mm -hmm. and kansas probably should have scored a similar score and throughout this entire game it was within 10 points. I mean, the score is a little skewed because at the end, when you get into the final 20 seconds and you're just missing shots and fouling and then, you know, whatever. That's how the score gets away from you. But watching this game throughout the entire portion of that second half, it was within the 10. The game started out with a 10-0 run. If not for that 10-0 run, this is a completely different ball game. And what happened in that 10-0 run? Obaji makes two three-pointers. He hit his first what? Four? Five. Five three-pointers in this game? Let me just give you a little numbers here, uh, courtesy of Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star. Kansas scored 
1.398 points per possession in that game. The highest mark against Villanova in the last five years. Also, they did this while scoring zero fast break points. It's the first game for Kansas this season in their 39 games Mm -hmm. that they had zero transition points. Kansas had 58 possessions. The slowest tempo for a Jayhawks team since 2016, Femi. And yet they scored 81 (laughs) points. How is that possible? You guys think Scott had the under or what? But it just does not make sense. Their slowest game in six years. The most points per possession Nova has given up in five years. Zero transition baskets. Yet, because they were shooting lights out Mm -hmm. from three-point range, they put up 81 points in just 58 possessions. That is a complete – you can't handicap this. And you that's, can't handicap that. You can, the way you handicap this game is giving you the numbers that I just gave you. Understanding that Villanova is going to limit possessions. Mm-hmm. Understanding that Villanova doesn't give up transition baskets. Understanding that this game was going to be slowed down to a pace that would promote the under. But when Kansas goes out there and shoots 13 of 24 from three-point range, blows everything out of the water. Yeah, no, and I, I agree with you to an extent here in terms of it blowing everything out of the water. Now, the Jayhawks, for context, 13 of 24 from the three-point line, 54%. Now, Kansas is a good three-point shooting team, but nobody's averaging 54% from the three-point line. If they were, they would never have lost the game throughout the season here. Now, the interesting part of this game to me that really set the tone, because I thought it was a really good point that Charles Barkley made on the broadcast there in the pregame show. He said that for Villanova to control the pace of this game, they have to jump out and start with the lead. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they did the uncharacteristic things of turning the ball over yep. early. I mean, they, Nova had four turnovers at the first media timeout. Like, what? I tweeted out a joke. I was like, wow, was that probably 80 to 1 for Nova to have four turnovers by the first media timeout? The fact that they turned the ball over early allowed Kansas to get some of those extra possessions or, more importantly, didn't allow Villanova to actually get shots. That, I think, helped the Jayhawks build that early lead, which then, at that point, they kind of set the pace of the game yeah. with Villanova trying to get back in. They're not a team that comes down from comes back from 10 points down and, and I was tweeting about it during the first half I was like all right time to turn the game off because <laughs> Nova's not coming back from double digits they're just not that type of offensive team yeah and even when they cut it to what eight got down seven, to six is yeah, the six lowest, like yeah. it, it just never felt like they were gonna come they were gonna win this game let alone cover this game and the fact that I, I keep going back to Obaji making those two threes in the first two and a half minutes of that game mm-hmm. which forced it to a 10-0 run if that's the Obaji that we saw through the first part of this NCAA tournament, the score is only 6 nothing, right? Maybe maybe just 5 nothing or whatever it is. 4 nothing, excuse me. And Villanova still has a chance. Yeah. He showed up in this game when he needed to the most. Remy Martin had three points, Femi. Going into this game, knowing everything that we have seen from Kansas through each game in this NCAA tournament, 
If I didn't give you Obaji stats, and I told you Remy Martin, who's been the reason why this team got to the Final Four, mm-hmm. only had three points in 21 minutes, you would have told me Kansas lost this game. Yeah, I, I 100% would have said Kansas lost the game based on Abaji and how he had been playing. And I think that was a thing that everybody was waiting to see is, okay, abaji has got to assert himself. He's got to be aggressive. He's the first team preseason, or rather, first team All-American. First there. shot like, of the game, first drains the three. Drains the three, and that really set the tone for Abaji, who was six of seven from three-point range. There are 21 points, three or four from the free throw line. But I think the guy who ended up being the leading scorer for the Jayhawks really set the tone for them on the inside, David McCormick. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you saw David McCormick put up a 25-point game there? <laughs> Usually he's kind of clumsy in the paint there. You know, he, he does a pretty good job on the glass, but, you know, he gets the ball stripped from him. He's a little bit clumsy there sure. as a big guy, but he played his absolute best game of the year, and that really forced a Villanova team that's not really big to then have to double down, allowing for Kansas to get some really good looks from outside. And, and that's a problem, and we knew that Villanova lacked size in this matchup. No one's as big as McCormick in the middle. Plus, what mm-hmm. Villanova does defensively is they switch all the time. They don't fight through screens. They switch. And so every time you're switching, you're ending up with smaller players on bigger yeah. players. That's why I thought Michigan could give them a run because of Dickinson. Absolutely. And, well, it was just Nova's stifling defense, and Michigan yeah. did not shoot what Kansas did from three-point <laughs> range. I really, honestly, I don't think Villanova played a bad game. No. And, and, yes, the Justin Moore injury crushes them. You lose your second-leading scorer. You lose a starter. For a team that only goes six deep, yeah. you lose a starter. Uh, I didn't think the depth issues really hurt them as much as people think it hurt them. I really do believe that Villanova played their game. They scored what we thought they were going to score. They slowed the game down and limited the possessions to what we thought it was going to be. The problem was Kansas shot lights out. They were Mm. tremendous. And once they go up by a double-digit lead, like we said before, Nova wasn't coming back from that. Yeah, no, I thought Nova, like you said, was solid in this game here. I thought the only bad portion of this game for them was that first four to five minutes yeah. when they were turning the ball over. And unfortunately for them, they just could not pick up well, the pace were, after they, that. They were even with Kansas for the rest, for the of, rest the of the game. For yeah. the rest of the game until the final minute when Kansas pulls away. This was always within 10 points. They were down 10. They were down 10 nothing to start the game. And then 30 minutes later, they're still down 10. What does that tell you? They played an even mm-hmm. basketball game except for that start. The sad part for me is so we talked about yesterday with Wes Reynolds on the show about like how to attack this game because Kansas, the thing going in is that they'd never played a complete basketball game throughout this tournament. They've had good 20 minutes here, good 20 minutes there, but then they have these long extended lulls and we discussed live betting this game, whether Kansas was down live betting on the Jayhawks or if they were up big live betting against them. I fell under the trap of live betting against them. I grabbed plus 14 and a half there mm. after Kansas was – when Hormick went to the bench with his second foul. Then I also bet Villanova in the second half thinking. And I'm like, okay, I think the Wildcats can – if they're going to lose this game, but they're going to lose by single digits. This is not going to be a double-digit loss. And then the way that game ended to me it was just – Terrible. Now, I had the over in the game just because I thought the Justin Moore injury, not enough was being made about what he does on defense as a wide. I liked kind of the over. I thought Kansas then could take advantage of some of those perimeter defenders. But the fact that the Villanova just could not hang within that number and then it ends with Slater dribbling the ball off of his body instead of getting me a cheapie, a little backdoor layup, unfortunately, not able to come home. Shot quality, though, put out their stats. And if you're a better and you want (laughs) to infuriate yourself and drive yourself up the wall, check out the shot quality scores after some of these games. We've had Simon Gersberg on in the past on our show throughout these weekends, and the shot quality score for this game, 66 to 60. 
in favor of Kansas. Yep. That would have gone to the under. Makes sense. And that would have been a cover for the Jayhawks. But the under would have cashed yeah. with that based on the quality of shots that Kansas was getting versus the quality of shots that Villanova was getting. The score ended up being 81-65. It was 10 minutes of this game, and that was it. It was the first three minutes and the final and the final four minutes. So maybe seven minutes of this game, and that's it. The rest of that game, the rest of that game was played even. Like, <laughs> the, like Kansas took a 10-0 lead within the first three minutes. That with four minutes and 29 seconds left and Jeremy Sanders at the line, it's a nine-point game. So, yeah. for the for just the last four minutes and the first three minutes, that was it. The rest of the game was played totally even. Also, Villanova, only 80% from the line as a team, which for them is, Shocking. Below, is below expectations. Shocking. For Villanova, they're 80% from the line. Unfortunately, only 22 of 57 for the field for the Wildcats as they bow out in the final four, setting up Kansas versus North Carolina, the Roy Williams Bowl. That's what we're going to call it. We'll discuss it next here <laughs> on Betting Across America. Bet on baseball this season with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Our all-digital MLB guide at vcin.com is available now, and Adam Burke has futures, team previews, and best bets for all 30 teams, plus Jason Weingarten, MLB futures bets, trends, and more. Sign up today and get full access to vcin through the start of baseball season, the Masters, and the NFL Draft for only $19 at vcin.com slash spring. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebfe alongside Scott Seidenberg here, talking all things college hoops. We did a little Final Four recap. Now let's turn our attention over to tomorrow night's national championship game, North Carolina taking on Kansas. And it's a blue blood showdown, although North Carolina coming in as the dark horse eight seed. And they are catching four and a half right now over at BetMGM. It's minus 115 if you want to grab the points there. The total hovering at 153 and a half. So we're expecting pace in this national title game should be fun tomorrow night but your early thoughts side total Jayhawks Tar Heels it's hard to get in front of this North Carolina team I felt the same way about Duke but it's hard to get in front of this North Carolina mm -hmm. team given how well that they have played and the first reaction from myself is to just take the points right national championship game it'll be close hopefully it'll be a great game maybe come down to the wire I'll take the points the more I think about this, it's it's got to be an over for me with the 152. Okay. And I think that we we talked about the 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 pace that that Kansas had to play against uh Villanova. They will not run into that issue here against North Carolina. No. Part of the reason why I love the over in the North Carolina Duke game was just because of the pace that both of those teams play at. And you looked at both of those numbers in the games that they played during the regular season. They both closed higher than the 151 that we saw that was listed out there. And mm -hmm. people started to bet up the over. I think I would have opened this game probably around the 154 mark at the total. Uh, I do think that we could be seeing an over. I don't think it's going to be a 170s type of game, but I think that both of these teams are capable of scoring well into the 70s, and we could get a high-scoring affair between these two teams. That's the first place that I would look, and as hard as it is to go against North Carolina because of how great they have been, Femi, Kansas just seems like the more complete team right now. 
Yeah, no, I, I would agree that Kansas is the more complete team. Um, but I actually, last night, I took the points with Carolina. Now, I have a Kansas future, so I'm a little, you know, hedging. just hedging a little bit here, hoping to shoot for a middle. But even without that futures play, I think I would still take North Carolina plus four and a half just because this team continues to outperform market expectations. I thought yeah. the fascinating thing, too, from a market perspective, when we talked about it yesterday, is that we looked at the exactas over at BetMGM, the exactas to win the national title of all the Final Four combinations. And the favorite for the exactas was Duke to defeat Kansas at 3-1. to one. Mm. Kansas to defeat Duke was plus 350. I mean, that's telling me that the betting market – power-rated Duke as a little bit higher rating than Kansas. If that if we got Duke-Kansas, it probably would have been a pick or maybe Duke by one in terms of the betting market here. Now, people might say that, oh, if it's Duke, they're going to juice that up a little bit. But I thought that those numbers were up all week. If they were egregiously wrong, it would have flipped there to Kansas being favored over Duke. The fact that the exacta showed that Duke to beat Kansas was the favorite tells me that either Kansas and Duke are equally rated mm. or Duke is a little bit rated higher, meaning that the four and a half point spread right there not wrong per se but I cannot bet Kansas at that number in my opinion I, I think that if you are if you want to back North Carolina you either take the points in the first half and take the mm -hmm. two in the first half or you go North Carolina money line for the game four scares me this number scares me and the reason being is because unless it's a game that comes down to the final possession we're likely going to get free throws that will accumulate this spread mm -hmm. to go more than four. Now, once you start getting into the five range for myself, five, five and a half, that's where I'm like, okay, I could take, take an underdog. Yeah. For To me, four is my cutoff when it comes to a game in the NCAA tournament like this or you know, when there's fouls that come into play. Mm -hmm. Because, like I said, this could be a one-possession game. But at the end, unless it finishes with a missed buzzer beater to either tie the game or win the game, which is extremely rare, there's going to be free throws that will push this beyond a one-possession final. I'd If I'm on the favorite, I'm comfortable laying the four with Kansas. If I'm on the dog, I'll take the two in the first half or just North Carolina money line to win this game. No, I think that's a fair point there in terms of taking the dog. And I, I, like I said, I have the Kansas future, so I'm trying to shoot for the middle that's here. That's a nice but, but, middle. But I do think that that is a fair point of, like, if North Carolina is going to cover that four and a half, they're likely going to win the game. Yes. And that, that, was, that was my thought process throughout this tournament, at least in the early rounds against Baylor. I mm -hmm. took the North Carolina money line. I took North Carolina money line against UCLA just because I thought this team as an underdog, super volatile, high ceiling. Now, we haven't seen the low ceiling for North Carolina. The low part, the basement for the Tar Heels this tournament, it's all been the I, high I think ceiling. The basement but. was when they blew a 25-point lead to Baylor with 10 minutes left. No, granted, but Brady Manick had yeah, been ejected and all that. But, yeah, we did see the ugly of that the North was, Carolina. Yes. Like the, wow, they're about to blow this game. This is going to be the most historic comeback in NCAA tournament history. By the but way, able if to I lost on. my North Carolina plus five-and-a-half ticket in that game, <laughs> I wouldn't be here with you right now. You would have never seen me again. <laughs> I mean, it would have been a brutal beat. I mean, I don't think anybody alive thought North Carolina was going to win that game after that went to overtime. Uh, just for context, those exact numbers were from yesterday before the final four there. So if you look for those now, I mean, you're not going to find any now. We just have no, the single yeah. game odds right now. But I thought it was fascinating that the exactas favored Duke over Kansas there. Just to kind of give you a little bit of peel back of what the market might think about these teams. Now, with that said, Ken Palm makes this a six-point victory for Kansas. They're 80 mm -hmm. to 74 around there. The fact that 
you don't get that opening six is probably because I think everyone would take the six points with North Carolina. But four and a half to me, just it seemed very attractive based on what we've seen this team do. And also Bill Self as a favorite. Like, I know he covered yesterday against Villanova and against Jay Wright, the best coach in America. But, I mean, this guy, when he's expected to win, <laughs> it gets sweaty. So uh, 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 the ESPN tournament challenge, you know, they do all those brackets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 17.3 million brackets were filled out this year. Of that 17.3 million brackets, Kansas was the third most selected team to win the national championship, 8.3%. North Carolina was selected in 0.7% of 17.3 million. I'm not a math major, but that doesn't seem like a lot of brackets. <laughs> so people didn't expect North Carolina to get to this point. Uh, but Kansas, they were the third most selected national champion behind Gonzaga and Arizona. I got to think that this spread at four and a half, by the time we get to tip off on Monday night, might be five. Do you think it goes up to five? Yeah. I, I'm I'm not sure. I think you'd get the buy-in from the folks looking to grab points at five. At, almost, if, it does, if it does move, the Sharps are going to jump in on North Carolina. Yeah, almost kind of similar to the market we saw with Kansas Nova. Yeah. The minute, I mean, the South Point hung a five here, mm-hmm. and it was gone in about 20 to 30 minutes. But it wouldn't surprise me if there's, an, if there's a 70-30 ticket percentage on Kansas. Yeah, no, I would not be surprised by that whatsoever. Um, our buddy John Ewing over at BetMGM, we shared this nugget with folks yesterday, but this is from Sports Odds History. He said that North Carolina, before the first four, was 125-1 to one to win the NCAA tournament. If they win Monday night, they would be the biggest pre-tournament long shot to win it all over the last 25 seasons. Think about that. 125-1 to one just days before the tournament, not like in January yeah. or whatever, just days before the tournament, this team was seen as a long shot as the number eight seed, and here they are 40 minutes away from winning the national title. What can you learn now about the NCAA tournament, really, in the past two seasons, mm-hmm. where last year we had an 11th seed in UCLA go from the first four to the final four, Yep. and this year an eighth-seeded North Carolina go all the way to the national championship game. I think what you have to learn is that when you have a program like this that has expectations that fall short for some reason or another throughout mm-hmm. the season, the talent is still there. To win this, the North Carolina going up against Duke last night. What, did you think that you were watching an eighth seed against the two seed? <laughs> no, it was two heavyweights. It wasn't uh, any, any dark been, horse in there. You could have put two ones next to these teams. Yeah, what could have fooled me? And it could have fooled everybody. <laughs> he said, "All right, these are hey, these are both one seeds, one in the east, one in the south, and here we go playing against each other." No, this was a two seed against an eight seed. But North Carolina goes into this tournament scorching hot. Sands the loss in the uh, Mm -hmm. uh, ACC tournament. And they proved talent wins out. And I think, too, also another takeaway to have is that the bracket really matters in terms of your path to the final four, to the national title game. I mean, North Carolina as an eight seed, they got paired up with probably the best scenario in terms of a one seed in Baylor. Weakest one, and the two goes out in the first round. I mean, who could have predicted that? I mean, they could have easily played Kentucky. Are we we talking about Kentucky against Kansas right now if that doesn't happen? (laughs) I wish wish we were. (laughs) As someone who had Kentucky winning the whole thing, and that was uh, that team out on by 6 p.m. Thursday. (laughs) I think the greater point is that Kansas was expected to be 
here in North yeah. Carolina wasn't. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the NCAA tournament. It's why we love it every single year. It's the madness, and it gives us maddening results like this, like some of those shot quality results that we saw <laughs> from last night's Villanova-Kansas game. On the other side, Wes Reynolds joins the show. Talk a little Masters as we're just less than a week away from Augusta National. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the college basketball national championship. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on the game, and if either team hits a three, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code MM200 when you make your first bet. Enjoy the final game like never before and find out why nothing beats a win at BetMGM. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code MM200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three in the college basketball national championship visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions 21 years of age or older to wager new customer offer all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements awards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abemfei alongside Scott Seidenberg, bringing all things down, college basketball. And to help us get ready for this week's main event, which is the Masters over at Augusta National, we bring in our guy, Wes Reynolds, VEASAN host, host of the Long Shots podcast with Brady Cannon, Matt Humans. They got a special guest, Scott Van Pelt, on the pod coming up this week. Make sure to check that out. But Wes Appreciate you joining us this afternoon. Before we get into the Masters, got to start with what we saw last night, that Duke-North Carolina game. Your thoughts on what we saw and then maybe a little early thoughts on the side and total in the national title. Yeah, Femi, uh, we were talking about this yesterday. The kind of the the old mantra, if you will, in the NCAA tournament is that guards win games in the NCAA tournament. And I think last night was a perfect example, really, because when Mark Williams went out with a little bit of foul trouble and he only played 16 minutes, uh, I believe had eight points, four rebounds. Then all of a sudden, Duke had to go small to kind of counteract that, and obviously to protect Williams, to not get him fouled out, and he spent a lot of time on the bench. And really, North Carolina's guards were just better than Duke's. Uh, Caleb Love and R.J. Davis were better than Jeremy Roach and A.J. Griffin slash Trevor Keels, although Keels, I think, was the guy that really kept Duke in the game had he not mm -hmm. produced kind of what he did against Kentucky. If you remember that in the season opener, it's like, oh, man, everybody's talking about Paulo, but this guy's amazing. And then he had some injuries, and then he kind of hit a little bit of a freshman wall and really didn't produce to that level. But he did so last night, and I just think – the dynamic of Williams fouling out really changed the whole game uh, for uh, for Duke and North Carolina's guards made shots and that's what it comes down to. I thought the shot making actually is pretty solid on both sides, but this isn't your average number eight North Carolina and we <laughs> talked about that yesterday. This team's got a lot of talent. This team's got McDonald's All-Americans and four and five star guys too, just like Duke has got. So. They're advancing against Kansas, and Kansas, we talked about that yesterday as well, Femi. If you look in this tournament, take out the one versus 16 game against Texas Southern in the first round. Kansas really only played 20 minutes of good basketball the second half against Miami, so that makes it a little bit scary. It's like, man, are they going to be sitting on one here? And they clearly were yesterday, especially from the three-point line. Wes, uh, let's talk about the big story in golf that everybody is paying attention to with being Masters Week, and that is Tiger Woods, who says earlier here this morning that he is going to Augusta to begin or continue his preparation. However, a game-time decision to steal a football term of uh, whether or not he will play, as Adam Schefter tweeted out this morning, nice to type out game-time decision on a Sunday again. Uh, so... What's your opinion on Tiger? Do you think he gives it a go come Thursday? Yeah, it's very Patriot-esque to have him listed on the injury report, I guess. <laughs> like Tom Brady, even though Tiger, obviously, a near-catastrophic injury for his career. Mm -hmm. But 
I think he's going to try to give it a go. All, all signs point to that being a yes. He was there with his son, Charlie, and they played around with Justin Thomas middle of last week. So I think he's going to try to go. And obviously, that's the number one story in the Masters, even with all the great players and a new world number one and Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm and Justin Thomas and Dustin Johnson and all these guys kind of stacked together very close on the odds board. Tiger's going to be the number one story. And one guy, and I have not bet him yet, but him being there, Tiger being there, I think is very good for one Rory McIlroy because what's been one of the big stories in the Masters, putting Tiger aside, is that Rory McIlroy has been trying to win the career Grand Slam since 2015 and has not gotten it done. Last major win was at Valhalla for the 2014 PGA Championship. So look. You know, the pressure kind of maybe was getting to Rory a little bit. It's like, okay, when are you going to win? When are you going to finally do this? And I think Tiger being there at least pushes him slightly under the radar. So this could be very good for Rory. We're speaking with Wes Reynolds, VEASAN host, also a contributor to Point Spread Weekly, host of the Long Shots podcast, which you should check out this week with the Masters coming up on Thursday. Wes, Tiger Woods right now at BetMGM to miss the cut, minus 225, to make the cut, plus 165. Any value either way? Well, I think uh, in terms of the bets, Femi, I think you're going to see the yes because Tiger Woods, by the way, and I put this in my uh, Masters A to Z profiles, which is going to be out in our betting guide, I believe, tomorrow afternoon. And I was going through this, and one of the things I do for every player, how many appearances do they have, how many times that they made the cut. Tiger Woods, 22 of 23, the one cut he missed was his second time appearing as an amateur. So this is a guy that has never missed the cut as a professional ever at Augusta National. So I think people are going to see that. And look, people want to root for Tiger. I mean, if people are willing to bet him at, at some of these paltry prices you see out there on the futures board and willing to bet him at 40 to 1, and it's like, guys, you're not getting real, like, true odds on Tiger. Like, he should be triple digits. Hmm. He should be about 100 to 1. And I know guys down at Circa, Jeff Davis and the guys that run the golf odds down there, weren't moving him at all, 100 to 1. But you've seen a lot of other shops move him. So... I mean, there's no real value necessarily on Tiger, but I think because of that futures deal I was just talking about, you're going to see people betting on him to make the cut, and I think you're going to see most of the tickets and the money on the yes. Wes, one thing that fascinates me about golf tournaments is just kind of the parameters in terms of how you pick out who you want in your outright betting card, and I know course history is a big deal over at Augusta National. What are some of the other indicators that you look for for players who play well this week every time in the spring? Yeah, and course history, more so than a lot of other courses, uh, guys, is really prevalent at Augusta National because I think of any tournament, the guys that play well usually continue to play well throughout their entire career. Keep in mind that this is a shorter field uh, with Tiger still in the field. We are currently at 90 players, may add one today based on who wins the Valero Texas Open down in San Antonio. But this is a smaller field that usually you can cut in half because – a lot of the field are guys that were like Masters champions in the 80s and the 90s that can't win anymore or guys that are making their first appearance that won like the Bermuda uh, Championship or one of these smaller tournaments with weaker fields that got themselves a Masters invitation. So obviously you want to look at course history, but I think you also want to look a little bit at the ball striking, and that's pretty much every week when you're handicapping the PGA Tour. So strokes gained approach, strokes gained ball striking, a little bit off the tee here, even though you don't have to be necessarily long off the tee, and Jordan Spieth has certainly proven that, but you can get in trouble if you're wayward. And then maybe look a 
a little bit more at bent grass putting. Uh, this is one of the rare events out there where it's pure bent grass here on these Augusta greens. They can be tricky. They're undulating. They can be a little quick. So you want to look at bent grass putting, I think, as well. Wes, do you shy away from uh, those who have not won a major or even have not won a tournament yet? Uh, or would you be open to betting somebody to get their first win here at Augusta? Yeah, Scott, it's really a case-by-case -case basis because, look, Will Zalatoris, by the way, mm -hmm. finished second here on debut. Yep. And usually guys are not you know, good their first time. It's like, okay, you got to learn. You got to take a little medicine and learn how to play Augusta National. But Zalatoris was second. Sunjay M back in 2020 was T2, and then he missed the cut badly last year. So <laughs> it really varies. But Zalatoris at one point did look like he was going to be the first guy since uh, another man with the last name of Z, that being Fuzzy Zeller. He was the last guy to win on debut at Augusta National. That was all the way back in 1979. So look, Zalatoris, I think, is a case that's very interesting. It looked like it was going to be Scotty Scheffler that was going to be looking for his first win, but now he's won three wins in the last two months, and he's basically, by and large, a second choice on the board behind John Rahm. So, yeah, I, I think certain guys are exceptions. You know, some of these guys that you're seeing down at, like, 200, 250 to 1 that might have won, like, the, the Bermuda Championship or the Sanderson Farms Championship, one of those fall events, yeah, yeah, that's probably a little bit of a reach to say that they're going to break their maiden at Augusta. But Zalatoris, I think, a very unique case. Wes, we got about 30 seconds left. You mentioned Scotty Scheffler. He's already won three times this season here. Do we maybe play against him in some head-to-head -head markets? Is that the valuable play on Scotty Scheffler? I think you probably could, Femi, because now he's coming in as the number one player in the world. And all of a sudden, the expectations change. So, yeah, you may be seeing him, his price be cut a little short. He's only like 14 on the betting market right now you could have gotten him at 40 to 1 to start the season wow I, honestly Wes we talked about the Masters yesterday talking about it again today I'm absolutely fired up one week from today it will be the final round of the Masters he is Wes Reynolds host of the Long Shots podcast also host here on VEASAN he'll be doing the show with our guy Dave Ross at the top of hour number three at 12 o'clock p.m. I should say they're over at Circa Wes have a good show and always good talking to you thanks fellas that is fun stuff indeed. But, hey, Scott, on the other side, we're going to stay in Georgia, okay? We're going to go from Augusta okay. to the ATL. <laughs> Road to the draft, Atlanta Falcons next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.